Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Good morning, Soul City. How you doing this morning? Man, everyone's just happier when it's above 40 degrees around here. It's like, and the fact that you're inside, those of you who are here right now, you must really love God and God really loves you. That's, I'm, so we'll get this tight. I'll just, I'll keep this message tight so you can get outside. We're so glad that you're here. Those of you who are here in this space, overflow spaces around our church, those of you who are worshiping with us online. My name is Jarrett. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City, and we've been in a teaching series this month called The Four Loves. We've been looking at these four different distinct types of love found throughout the New Testament. And this week, we're actually going to be looking at the love that God has for you, how you can actually experience it and ultimately express it. My, my hope would be today that not just that you would learn something about God's love, but that you would experience God's love for you personally here today. Well, this weekend, my love, love of my life, Jean and I, went on a date night and and we decided to go to a new restaurant. You know, we're like, let's just shake it up a little bit. And there was a new restaurant that opened up near us. We hadn't been there yet. So I'm like, well, why don't we just try this new place? Now, before going to this new restaurant that neither of us had been to, I did what any sane, rational, reasonable person would do. I went and read what? I went and read the reviews. I wanted to see what other people thought about this restaurant. And they were surprisingly great reviews for a restaurant that's only been open for a little while. I'm like, babe, this place is going to be amazing. And it was amazing. Not to say that I don't have some notes. I'll leave those in my Yelp review. They need some acoustic work. It was too loud in there. But anyway, the point is we based our whole date night and the money that we spent that night on the opinions and thoughts of strangers. People we will never, ever meet determined what we would do that night on date night. It's Powerful to think about the power that we give to other people, strangers' thoughts and opinions, right? So I was going through this week, and I'm like, man, this is a really weird phenomenon that's occurred over the last 10, 15 years or so. And so I started looking at Yelp reviews, and I came across some of the best, worst Yelp reviews out there. And I wanted to share them because I think it ties into where we're going over the next couple minutes. So the first one, this, I, imagine if this happened to you. This is a real Yelp review. The entire kitchen and waitstaff saw an ice cream truck and ran outside, <laughs> leaving me alone in the restaurant. Ten minutes later, they all came back in with ice cream cones. I still can't believe this actually happened. <laughs> one star, appropriately. Maybe if they would have brought back a bomb pop, it would have been two stars, but that's it. All right, this next, sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're not. This guy just said, I came, I saw, I got the breakfast burrito. Yeah, it's good, but is it the best? Nope. Still, it's an institution, and it's near the Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Okay, I mean, that's just your inner monologue, but thank you for leaving that for the rest of us. I mean, those are just your thoughts, but I'm so glad that we get to share them. And then sometimes you come across reviews, you're like, there's no way, this, this feels too angry, or this feels too negative. And in fact, this was someone, they wrote this review for a restaurant, the worst place I've ever been and the biggest ripoff. To which immediately the owner replied, we haven't even opened yet. Jason, <laughs> Jason, how can you even have a review? We're not even open yet. And I just was thinking like, man, it is so, it's amazing the power that we give to other people's thoughts and opinions. And I started thinking, so I started going down this train, right? I'm like, well, what if, what if my friend, like, what if I asked my friends and my family to write a Yelp review about me? How do you think that would go? What if, what if your friends and family had to write a Yelp review right now today about how many stars would they give you? Would they recommend you to others? I was thinking about, man, that would be a powerful experience. Well, the good news for you is 
I don't have to wonder because as I was studying preparing this week, I came across this review that someone left of me. Someone left this of me. They wrote, nice guy, good hang, easy to talk to, but under no circumstances, and I mean no circumstances, should you ask him about swimming, old school hip hop, or his new pants. He really loves those pants. You've been, some rando on the internet has, le- no, I'm just kidding, that John did not leave that review. He's only left 10,000 reviews, not 26,000. That's not, we made that, we made that up. But just think about like how crazy that would be if, if your friends and, and family had to review you. And so then I was, okay, so now I was on that train, I was not getting off. So then I started to think, well, what if, what if God wrote a Yelp review about me? What if God wrote a Yelp review like about you? Like what, what if God wrote a review about you? What do you think God would say? No one obviously knows you more or better than God, so what would God have to say? What do, you think, what, do you, what do you think God thinks of you? Assuming that you believe that there's a God and assuming that you believe that God thinks of you, what do you think God would have to say? Let, let me put it this way. What, what, do you, what do you think God thinks about when God thinks about you? What do you think God thinks about? Think about that for a second. When God thinks about you, what, what do you think comes to mind when you come to God's mind? When God thinks about you, have you ever wondered that before? What you think God thinks of you, like what God really thinks about you. This is actually maybe a far more important question than than you might think. And and maybe you've wondered it maybe with different words or different way, but a similar question is, does God even see me? Does God even know me? Does God even care? Does God even like me? Does God even love me? What does God even think about me? And, and, And so often, for so many of us, What we do is we tend to think that what God thinks about us is really just what we think about us. I just assume that God must think about me or feel about me the way I think and feel about myself. So if I'm proud of myself in a particular moment, well, God must be happy with me, right? And when I mess up, well, God must be mad at me, right? When I don't feel like I'm measuring up in whatever way, I'm not enough, well, then clearly God's disappointed with me because ultimately I'm disappointed with myself. It's as though we imagine God sort of taking his cues from us. But that can't be how it works, right? That cannot be how it works. In fact, everything in the Bible teaches us that it's actually exactly the opposite of that. God is not determining how he feels about you based on how you feel about yourself. But rather, the invitation is for you to determine how you feel about yourself based on how God already and always feels about you. We take our cues from God. He doesn't take his cues from us. And if you're looking for maybe a little spoiler alert to this message, if you're looking for a spoiler alert to this this whole book, here it is. I'm going to give it to you right now. This is it. You ready? He loves you. That's it. I don't have to. We could wrap it up right now. He loves you. He loves you. God loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine. He loves you. That's what God thinks about when God thinks about you. God loves you. He loves you. Regardless of how you feel about yourself, that's how God feels about you. He loves you. He loves you. He couldn't be more clear about it. This book could not be more consistent about it. And yet for so many of us, so often, this is the exact point where we get stuck. This is the hardest part for us to believe. Like you'll get on board with God like dividing the waters. You'll get on board with a virgin birth. You'll get on board with Jesus being raised from the dead. But God loving me? Like actually loving me? I don't know. I don't know if that one's possible. 
And part of the problem is because we just don't have a framework for this kind of love. We don't know this kind of love in our world. No one's love even comes close to the way that God loves you. You can't comprehend it. But another part of the problem is, it's actually quite the opposite, is that we are inundated and overwhelmed with lesser loves. We have flooded the market with lesser loves. And that's why it can be at times so hard for us to really grasp how much God loves you. In fact, I want you to think for a second. I'm going to have you share with the person next to you. How many books on Amazon right now have love in the title? I want you to turn to the person next to you and take a guess. Right now, how many books? 5,000? How many books? 10,000 books on Amazon have love in the title. In the title. 20,000? Do you want to know how many books right now you can buy on Amazon that have love in the title? 70,000 books. And I read all of them this week to get ready for this message. How many movies have the word love in the title? Just movies that have the word love in the title? 9,621 movies have love in the title. Anyone want to guess how many songs have love in the title? It's in, literally, I could not find it. It's immeasurable. Tens of thousands of songs. But there was one study I found on the psychology of music that found that 67% of every lyrics of every song from the 1960s were somehow, some way about love. The close seconds being money, partying, and depression. <laughs> so I guess if you can't have the first, that's the order that you go after. That's kind of, it just tells a whole story there, doesn't it? Part of the problem why it's so hard for us to, to accept this kind of love from God is because we are overwhelmed with underwhelming loves. Loves that leave us longing for more. Loves loaded with all kinds of terms and conditions. Love, loves that ultimately pale in comparison to God's love for you. And we spent this past month walking through these four loves found throughout the New Testament and we decided this, for this last weekend of the teaching series to save the very best love for last. It's the love that actually all other loves derive from. It's the center and, and source of it all. And it's a simple Greek word called agape. Everyone say agape. agape. Say it again, agape. Agape, it's this, this love, a simple way to think of agape love is that it is the highest form of love. It's the OG goat level love. Like this is it. It's most evident in God's unending, unlimited, unconditional love for you. And what you need to know about agape love is that it's a kind of love that's more than just a feeling. It demonstrates itself through action. And if you're wondering what that looks like, the greatest demonstration of agape love is Jesus giving his life for you and me on the cross. That is love. Agape love, it's in action, it's not just a feeling, it's in motion, it does something. Now it's important to understand that agape love, this idea, this highest form of love, is not merely an attribute of God, it is God's essence. It is God's essence. God is fundamentally and fully love. Let me, let me show you what I mean. God is not merely forgiving and loving no, God forgives because God is love. Does that make sense? God is not just patient and loving. God is patient with you because God is love. God is not just and loving. God's justice comes from his love. That's who God is. This is the game, friends. This is ultimately what it all comes down to, that God 
is love, fully and completely love. And because God is fully love, guess what? That means you are fully loved. God is utterly, indescribably, completely fully love. And because that's who God is, guess who you are? You are someone loved by God, fully loved by God. Did you get that? Like, like God can't not love you. It's just who God is. And I want to show you what I mean. There's so many passages that we could look at to, to illustrate this, to describe this. But the one we're going to camp on just in the next couple of moments is found in 1 John chapter 4. So if you have a Bible with you, you can turn to 1 John chapter 4. If not, you're in this room. You're lucky. We got a Soul City Bible. It's on page 988. It's kind of almost all the way to the right of the Bible. So keep going to the right. You'll find 1 John. If you're worshiping with us online, we got folks around the world joining us. You can open up a tab or open up your app, whatever you want to do, to 1 John chapter 4. Let me give you some quick context as to where we're coming to in 1 John. Now, the, the, John is actually someone who was a follower and, and disciple of Jesus. He wrote five of the books of the New Testament. This is one of them. And while Jesus was here on earth, he was not only a follower of Jesus's, but he was actually a friend of Jesus. In fact, Jesus had this way of giving nicknames to his friends. Several of the disciples got nicknames from Jesus. And the nickname for John was the Beloved. My loved one. Isn't that so sweet? Like, you are my, my beloved friend, my beloved disciple. So here we have the beloved disciple writing all about the love of God for each and every one of us, including especially you and me. And this is what he says in 1 John 4, 7. I'm going to have you shout out a word. Let's see if we can spot the pattern. 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us what? Let us love, love one another because love what? Love. Sorry, boy, I messed you up on that one. <laughs> Let's try that again. Dear friends, let us love. one another for love. comes from God. Everyone who love. has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love. doesn't know God because God is what? Love. Did you get that? There it is. God is love. God is love. What is John saying here? God is love. It's not merely one of God's attributes. It is God's essence. And in case you missed it, John goes on and says it again in verse 16. This is what he says. Jump down to verse 16. He says, and so we know and rely on the what? On the love, love God has for us. He just says it because God is. Love. And whoever lives in, love. lives in God and God in them. And then he caps, it, he caps it all off by saying this in verse 19. He says, we what? We, love. because he first love. loved us. We love because he first loved us. The only reason that you and I Know what love is, is because you have already been perfectly, patiently, persistently loved by God. That's the only way you even have a glimpse or sense of what love is, is because God is the first love, the very first love. He initiates love towards you. In other words, you love, this is what John is saying in that whole passage, you can sum it up. You love because why? Because you're loved. That's why you don't do it out of obligation. You don't do it out of duty. You don't do it out of religious guilt. No, 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 no. You don't love because some preacher told you you need to. You don't love because you read it in one of 70,000 books. No, 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 no. You love because you are already loved. Loved by the God of the universe. God's agape love for you is that first love. It's the love that sets all other things into existence. All other loves come from that first agape love of God. It all comes down to love. In case you missed it, let me say it again. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And I know in a room like this and with people gathering online, I know, I know. 
that we've had all kinds of different experiences with love. Some of us have had our hearts broken. Some of us have lost someone we love. Some of us are longing for love. I know. Our hearts are a multitude of emotions and expressions. I get it. But above and at the center of it all somehow is this simple truth. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And no other love that has hurt you or no other love that you hope to have one day can fully satisfy you like the love God has for you and offers fully and freely to you. Because God is love. And I wish, I wish, I wish someone had helped me get that at a younger age. Because I don't know about you. I grew up around this stuff. I grew up around God and church in the Bible. And I think I grew up knowing about the idea that God loved me, but I was missing the experience of being loved by God. Anyone relate to that? Like, I knew, okay, so for me, it's like, I know God loves me, but I don't know if he likes me. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of how it was for me. The, the way I understood God's love was very, very, very conditional. It was completely based on what I did. That's how God felt about me. It resembled very little of a, a, agape love. It felt like, honestly, it felt like God was constantly updating his Yelp review on me. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, three stars. Oh, no, no, one star. Oh, now he's back up to two stars. That's how, that's how it felt for me. Honestly, what it felt like was this game that we used to play with our kids when they were little called Shoots and Ladders. Anyone ever play Shoots and Ladders? Yeah, it's an exciting up and down game for children. And th this, is, this is our kids. We bought this for them when they were little. This is their actual copy. The box is so beat up, I couldn't even bring it out here. And if you remember the, 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 the rules of Shoots and Ladders, it's just, I mean, it's, you just spin the little thing, you get a little number of how many points you move, and then you just kind of move across the board. And every now and then you get lucky and land on a ladder, and what happens? Beep. You get to jump ahead in the line a little bit, right? You're feeling awesome. Keep going, keep going. You hit another ladder. Beep. But then what happens if you land on a slide? All the way back down to the beginning. You don't need me to keep on going, right? You get how Shoots and Ladders works. Well, this is how I, this is how I thought it worked with me and God. If I was doing good, if I was being good, if I was kind of following and playing by the rules, then God was good with me. God loved me. But as soon as I messed up, as soon as I did something I, sh I shouldn't have done or didn't do something I knew I should have, all the way back to the beginning, all the way down to the bottom, God must not love me. God must not care. It was always this constant guessing game of how God felt about me, what, what God thought about me. And, and maybe you've... Maybe you felt that way too. Maybe you felt that way with, with God. That, that sometimes, you know, it's like, yeah, I feel like, man, I'm so good. I'm doing so good. God, God really loves me. And I, I'm, I've gone to church. I've, I've gone twice, two weeks in a row. God, I'm his favorite. And so you just, you're going and you're going and going. But then something happens, right? Then you mess up. Then you slip up. Or maybe then you just, you just give up. And you feel like God's just giving up on you. God's mad at you. God must not love you. Because you sure don't seem very lovable. And you wonder why it's so hard at times to express love to God or express love to others. Because maybe without realizing it, this is the game that you've been playing. Maybe you've actually been playing this game with God. You love God when things are going good in your life. You get a raise, okay, God, let's go. <laughs> that guy asks you out again, won't he do it? Here we go. The weather gets above 70 degrees the first week of March. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. <laughs> but then you lose a promotion. 
or you lose a job, or you get into another fight again, or you fall back into that old habit again, and God just kind of, you just slide God all the way down to the bottom. God just kind of goes all the way back down. Well, God must not love me. God must not. If he loved me, he would have given me that thing I wanted. We do it with God. I do it with others. We do, I think we do the same game with others. They say something kind about you. Okay, okay. They make time for you. Man, this person, I really love that person. They really care about me. They pick you up at O'Hare <laughs> in their car that they drove. This, no, no, sky's the limit for how much I love this person. But then they hurt you. They disappoint you. They don't appreciate you. They're selfish towards you, and they go right back down to the bottom for you. I think this is so often how we love others. I think this is the game that so many of us have been playing. But this is not agape love. That's not what God's up to. That's not how it works with God. That's not how it's meant to work with us. You were created by God from love for love. And if God is love and you're actually made in the image of God, then you are made and meant to be loved and to be love. And what I found so often to be true in my life and in my friends' lives and lives of so many folks who are part of this church, what I found to be true is that the more and more and more you experience God's love for you. And I'm not talking about hearing sermons about it. I'm not talking to read about it. Experience God's love for you. Guess what? The more you can express God's love for others. That's what be, it's, it's an overflowing kind of love. I experience it, and then I get, to, I get to express it to others. The two are directly, directly connected. The more you allow yourself to be loved by God as you are, the more you will be able to love others as they are. Could it be that the greatest way for you to grow in love for others has everything to do with you opening yourself up to being loved by God? You are loved, you are loved, you are loved. And so in thinking about how I wanted to, what to do to kind of end this, this message, this, you know, on this ultimate agape love, as I was studying and preparing, I've known for weeks that I'd be teaching about this. The first passage that God brought to mind, can I be honest with you? God brought a passage to mind, and the first the passage God brought, I went, pass. I said, no, nah, not that one. Because it's like, it's one of the most famous and familiar passages on love ever. If you've ever been to a, a Christian wedding or you've ever been to almost any wedding, you've probably heard this passage read there. And in fact, about 28 years ago, these 12-year-olds had it read at their wedding, same passage, same passage. It's a passage that when I was laying out this message, I just thought, no, 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 God, that's too obvious. That's too, come on, God, that's too easy. And if you kind of know anything about the Bible, you've been around a little bit, you know that the passage that God first brought to mind was 1 Corinthians 13. And it's this trees on love. It's this beautiful representation of what true love, of what real love is. In, in fact, this is what it says. It says that love is actually patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It, it keeps no record of wrongs. It's not keeping score, right? It doesn't delight in evil, but it actually rejoices with the truth, and it always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. 
Now look, I can't lie to you. That's a banger of a passage on love. Like that, like that said, like no wonder God brought that passage to me first. I love that passage. But I, if I'm being now even more honest with you, I think the more and more I've heard it at every wedding I've been to, and even at times when I've taught it, I think I've maybe missed the power and potential and promise of this passage. Because of all the times that I've heard it, I've thought of love as something versus someone. This last week is... I was studying that passage and reading that. Oh, yeah, love, this concept of love. That's what love should be. No, 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 no. This is who God is. This is who God is. And so as we move into a time of, of worship and prayer, and in fact, in a little bit, our, our whole prayer team is going to come and lie in the front of the stage, and we're going to pray for anyone and everyone who has anything to be prayed for. So I'm letting you know that now. If there's something going on, we're going to speak the love of Jesus into and over your life, whatever it is. So as we move into that time of worship and prayer, I thought maybe, maybe a better way to think about and to hold this passage. Every time I hear it in the future, I want to think of it this way. And, and, and simply this, instead of just saying love is patient, what if, what if I actually read it like this? What if I read that God is patient? Like what if, what if that was it? God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God, God doesn't boast. God's not proud. God never dishonors others. He will never dishonor you. God's not self-seeking, even though he deserves it all. God's not easily angered, even when you feel like you've done enough to make him angry. No, God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Listen, God always protects his people, always trusts, always hopes. God always perseveres. You can count on God. That's who God is. That's who God is, and that's what God does. God is all of those things and so, 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 so much more. Maybe, maybe love is just another word we use for God because God is love. But that's not all. If what we just read in 1 John 4 is true, so I kept playing around this passage. If we, what we read in 1 John 4 is, is true, if you and I are created in the image of God, then I wonder maybe if another way of holding this famous passage on love might be from a little more personalized perspective. And so I started messing around with it, and this is where I came up with. I am patient. Uh Uh-oh. I am kind. Is that true? I don't envy. I don't boast. I'm not proud. I don't dishonor others, anyone. I'm not self-seeking. I'm not easily angered, stressed. I keep no record of wrongs. I don't delight in evil, but I... Rejoice with the truth. I always protect others. I always trust God. I always put my hope in God. And I always persevere with God. Don't you want want that to be true of you? I do. Can you imagine if like that was your Yelp review? (laughs) They're so patient. They're so kind. They're so loving. They don't ever talk bad about others. In fact, I see them advocating for others, protecting others. Can you imagine if that is what you were actually known as, that when other people thought of you, that's that's what they thought. Do you think that's possible? I actually do. I genuinely believe that that can be possible and true of you. But really, it ultimately comes down to the more and more you allow yourself to experience God's love for you, then I believe you'll be able to express that kind of love for others. It's possible. 
It's possible today. It's possible this week. The more you allow yourself to receive God's love, the more you begin to reflect that kind of love. So what is it that God thinks of you? What is it that he thinks when he thinks of you? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you more than you will ever, 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 ever know more than I could ever deserve. He loves you. He loves you. And he invites you to begin to be that kind of love in this world. So I want to ask you to stand and I want to, I want to pray for us and pray for you. And like I said, when I, in a minute I'm going to pray and the prayer team's going to come and line the front. And I want anyone, balcony, I'm looking at you, overflow, come in here. We're going to be here to pray for anyone and everyone, no matter what it is that you need prayer for. But I thought what we could do to kind of close out this message is to recite that, that passage as a prayer, like in faith. Like, I want this to be true of me, God. I want these things to be said of me, to be known to me, because they ultimately come from you. So we're going to read it out loud. Everyone here, if you're with us online, I want you to say it out loud. Get your best out loud reading voice. And then I'm going to pray for you in just a second. All right? So let's read it together. I am patient. I am kind. I don't envy. I don't boast. I'm not proud. I don't dishonor others. I'm not self-seeking. I'm not easily angered. I keep no record of wrongs. I don't delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. I always protect others. I always trust God. I always put my hope in God. I always persevere with God. Let me pray, God, I just want that to be true of me. I want that to be true of every one of my friends who are gathered here and worshiping with us online. May it be said of us that we reflect the love we have received from you. God, I pray right now for every person who's been stuck in their head. I prayed for so many folks this last time, they just, they can't get these thoughts out of their head, thoughts about how they feel about themselves, thoughts of messing up, thoughts that keep them distracted. And God, I pray against every person who's stuck in their head, looking for answers, looking for proof, looking for reason. God, I pray that it would move into their heart today, God, that they would see that you love the whole of who they are and that they would open their heart to you right now, God, today. God, I pray for every heart that is hurting right now, every heart that's been broken, rejected, seemingly forgotten, abandoned. Oh God, would you, would you work a healing love over our hurting hearts right now? Would your love, which is a perfect love, permeate every place where those lesser loves left us longing? God, I pray, I pray for every person who's heard this talk before. They've signed on to the idea. They've nodded their head a hundred times before. Oh God, would you break their hearts open with your love for them and open their eyes to who needs to receive this kind of love from you around them. That's what we pray. And God, I pray for every person who comes forward to receive prayer right now, that they would know in an instant, they would experience the whole of who they are. They are loved, they are loved, they are loved by you. That's our prayer in your name.